Hey guys, welcome back to the Waterlad Podcast. I'm James Marshall and this episode is brought to you by the Waterlad Coffee. Yes, the freshly roasted coffee bean made here right in Nelson at Pomeroy's is one of the greatest coffee beans you will ever try. So if you are keen to give it a go, head over to waterlad.com. Click the coffee link up the top and you'll be good to go. Also, if you're keen to rep some lad merch, now is a great time as 100% of the profits will be going to the great cause, Gumboot Friday. So if you are keen to become a lad and rep some lad kit, head over to waterlad.com and it's easy as from there. Anyway, I have a great guest here, all ready to go, so let's get to it. team another episode and another lad and before all the Taz and Marco lads shoot off to their various super rugby teams I thought I'd better get on as many as I can over the next few weeks and today's guest he is a champion lad who is in my opinion one of the most underrated players in the country who has had a really unique journey to date in and out of the game which I'm really looking forward to hearing all about he is the great man himself Willie Havili welcome mate Cheers, Jimmy Mars. Good to be here. Mate, great to have you in this studio. I know you're a big listener of the podcast, so it's great to have you on. Yeah, big listener. I've heard a few. What's your favourite one? Probably your brother's, is it? Yeah, he's up there. Um, Corny's was pretty average, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Manx was pretty good. And also like Hunty's one as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the Tassie lads. Yeah. Big fan. Anyway, mate, big news for you last week. Yeah, it was pretty unexpected to be honest. Yeah, um, I haven't really played much Tassie season this year, but my agent sort of put it out there at the start of the year when they sort of got that whole Moana Pacifica thing going on, and he sort of hinted my name to Aaron Major, and then they wanted to fill my um, preseason games. Mm-hmm. So that Canterbury and Twenties one, then they liked what they seen out of that Canterbury one. I was playing ten then. Yeah, and then they were just hoping I could get a bit of game time with Tassie. So then. Got a few game time and then, yeah, it all eventuated from there. Then agent sorted out a contract and then that was it. Got a call from Aaron Major. It was probably about three weeks ago. Yeah. Just had a good old yarn to him. He's a good lad too. Yeah. First time ever talking to him. So, yeah, that's about it. How good, Sam. Have they signed you as a 10 or 15? Because I know you've been 10 majority of your career to date, but this year managed to find yourself at 15 for most of it. Yeah. Um, I prefer to be at 10. Yeah. But... The conversation on the phone with um, as it was get out there and then you do your job. At, if that's ten or fifteen, then you just nail it to the best of your ability. So yeah. if that's fifteen, then I'm happy to learn there. I'm still learning there, still pretty fresh there. So hopefully, get to learn off the likes of um, Liliafano and stuff like that up mm. in the Moana. So that should get me a bit of game understanding at fifteen and all that sort of stuff. But I do prefer ten. True, yeah. So he's there and Lincoln McClutchy's yeah. there. So yeah, that's pretty gun as well. Yeah, he's been, he's had a good yeah. year, but. Um, obviously, there's a good opportunity for you to get some taste at the next level. So you must be pretty excited about that. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Though probably one of the dream games would be come up against my brother. That'd yeah, probably be out, get a bit of needle out there. <laughs> All those backyard days. Eh? <laughs> Try to get one back on him though. <laughs> Who used to win the backyard games? I'd come off second best most of the times, to be honest. Yeah, he had the size of me and the age. So how many years older is he? It's about almost four years. Oh, four years. Yeah, oh, so. a decent age gap. I was probably, I'd probably be running around there at five and he'd be nine. And yeah. I'd just be a little <laughs> Sometimes I'd get dragged out and I didn't even want to play. But yeah, I'd come and cry a few times, but mum didn't really 
she said, you wanted to go out there, so I just got left high in the dark, so I've got a funny story about it. He's like, last try wins, because that was pretty much the rule back then. Yeah. Couldn't go inside, so someone scored yeah. pretty much until I scored. <laughs> and then I was running down the side, I went to dive, and he's freaking pushed me, and I've wrapped my ribs around this tree, and I've gone inside crying, and then, yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that's put you on pretty good stead going forward because you for your size mate you are one of the toughest players pound for pound going around yeah I, I sort of got used to it when I was younger just we were out in the backyard pretty much every day when we could and even in the rain and everything and when I started playing rugby first I was I was actually free so I was just I was actually down there watching my brother play club yeah. rugby and um mum was friends with one of the people from the under fives yeah like the manager and they asked if I wanted to just run on and have a game. Yeah. But it was touch at that time and I didn't know. And then I had this big ass top put it down to my knees and then I've tried to tackle the referee because <laughs> I was just so used to tackle. I hadn't done anything else with my brother. I just tackled and then, yeah, that's how it all eventuated. So I've, <laughs> into I've probably played from when I was like three. I played two years up a grade until I got to high school pretty much. Until yeah. Until I caught up in age. How that's this thing. Mm. So what else do you know about Moana Pacifica? Like whereabouts do you train and uh, where do you have to live and all that stuff? Uh, it's at Mount Smart. Oh, is it? Yeah, so the Warriors facility, because I'm pretty sure. sure they're still in Aussie. Yeah. So still looking for a house. Do you know any of the other guys who are going to be up there? Uh, just Tassie boys yeah. at the moment. Probably look to get get to know a few of the lads a bit more when they get up there, so that'd be awesome. Yeah, I was hoping to get a place with Jim the Brass. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah but we'll see what happens there. I've got to get onto it. <laughs> He'll have you bulking in no time. Yeah, that man's a beast. <laughs> And how do you how do you reckon Moana's going to go? Like, pretty happy with the squad they've formed. Yeah, so far it looks like a pretty good squad. Mm. There's actually a bit of experience in there as well, with, with a mix of young talent as well. So, yeah, I reckon we'll we'll give it a good crack. We just get a, got to find that chemistry, I guess, and mm. that cohesion, and get a get a good culture on there, and it should be good, eh? Mm. And we spoke a little bit about your um, time at Tasman this season, playing at fullback. How have you found the whole year as a whole for you? Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it, eh? It's it's good being back in the environment. Uh, all the guys are bloody good lads, and I haven't been in any other environment, but yeah, I've probably rated up there as one of the best in New Zealand for provincial. Everyone's just so welcoming, and everyone gets along, and it's coaches as well. And I can go up to them; they're approachable, and it's easy mm. to talk to them. And do you think your time at 15s helped your game as a ten going forward? Um, yeah, probably. Eh, just. With the scanning and stuff, you probably see a bit more out of 15, so then you're seeing different pictures out there, and when you come in, you, you sort of know what you're looking for when you're looking out wide and stuff mm. like that, so probably just the scanning aspect of it, and probably the ears on thing, mm. like the demandingness, so if, when you're at 10 and you, they're demanding it, then you know you know it's on. So yeah. Mate, you're going to have a massive year for Moana, yeah. can't wait. Pre, <laughs> pre-season, that'll be a grind, first ever one. <laughs> Oh, true. Yeah, you didn't do a preseason before. No, nah, I've never done a super preseason, so it'll be pretty good. Good to have a bloody good blowout. I'd say. <laughs> Mate, you're going to come back massive. I hope so. Eh? So, what weight are you? Because you, yeah, you do play at a pretty light weight, don't you? Yeah, um, I'm 83 kilos. Yeah. So when I the first time I played for Tassie, I was only 78. Were you? Oh, yeah, but I was still a spring chicken then. Yeah. And how old were you? I uh, just turned 20. Yeah. So I was in the squad when I was 19. So, yeah, a couple, couple years out of school. And then, yeah. Mate, guru. I know, well, we've already talked to your brother about a little bit of your upbringing, but pretty keen to hear your side of the, oh, yeah. the story. So, you obviously grew up in Mott yeah. um, with your brother and your dad, who's a rugby legend around yeah. Nelson as well. So, what else What else have you got to tell us about your upbringing? 
Um, yeah, I was born in Mott, Motueka, so I'm the I'm the true Mott legend. <laughs> Davey's born in Nelson. Oh, was yeah. he? Nelson oh. Hospital. I was born in Mott. Yeah. So, grown up in Mott all my life. Yeah. Um, went to primary school in town called Parkland School. Bloody good school. <laughs> good primary school. Love playing rugby at lunch there. Yeah. And then after that, went to Mott High for two years, and um. Really enjoyed my rugby there too. Um, with all my mates there, still mates of them to this day. Mm. Good lads as well. And then after that, decided to go to Nelson College. I was a boarder at Fowl House. So, yeah. What was the reason behind the move? Rugby? Uh, yeah, a little bit rugby. My brother went there and he said he enjoyed the experience. I was actually going to get sent in year nine. Oh, yeah. And then mum's like, oh, nah, we'll just leave you here for a couple more years. Yeah. And then, yeah, so pretty much. My brother said it was a pretty cool experience and the boarding life stuff, so I yeah. Said, oh, yeah, I'll give it a crack. And then, and also the rugby, a um, bit more of a challenge, I guess, mm. playing outside of the just the region. You, like you're not just facing the same people mm. every week in week out, so probably just a challenge of it. Did you get a scholarship to go there? Uh, just like a half scholarship. Oh, so yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was all good. Because you were a bit of a gun at a young age too, weren't you? Coming through the ranks. Yeah, I wouldn't say gun. I was just. Just a normal boy, <laughs> just enjoying it with my mates back at Mott High, like yeah. lifelong friends. And at the first 15, my first memory of you was coming to watch you play, I think it was Wellington College in a quad final up there, and mate, you were at 10 and you were like, I reckon you would have been under 50 kgs back then, but mate, you were into it, you were chopping everyone, jackling, you got so yeah. many turnovers, you were just you were just an animal out there. So talk to me a little bit about your um, first 15 days. Yeah, so I made the team in year 11. Well, originally went over at the end of year 10 because they had like a sort of like a first 15 training day yeah. sort of set up. So I went over there, did all that stuff, but sort of come up to me after the um, after the training. They said, oh, yeah, good to get to know you and stuff like that. And yeah, you're coming to school next year, but probably um, no year 11s we're going to be looking at. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that's sweet. As I wasn't too pleased about that. I'll just play seconds or something like mm. that. And then ended up not going to any of the like first 15 camps or anything because I was like, oh, well, they told me I'm not going to make it, so I'll just stay around and do seconds and stuff like that. And I ended up I ended up playing for um, Nelson A's with my brother. The yeah. club team? Yeah. So I was about 15, and then he just rang me up because I don't think our school season had started. Yeah. So he just rang me up and asked if I wanted to go. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll jump on the bench. True. And then got on for about 20 minutes. Let me take a conversion, got a conversion, <laughs> and then... Following week, played again, sat on the bench. Yeah. So, did you ever play with your old man at um, Nelson Rugby Football Club? Yeah, I did. Go a couple games. Yeah. What was that like playing with your old man and your brother? Whole family out there. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Eh? But weird. Yeah. Dad's always giving away penalties. <laughs> no, nah, he got a try actually. Dave set him up. Where were you playing? I was on the wing. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, I yeah. just get chucked on the wing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was yeah. it. I don't mind as long as I'm on the park. Yeah. yeah. I actually played a bees game with my dad as well for Nelson. And in front, he, 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 I got a, I got a ninety meter intercept, but he was offside. <laughs> I called back, and I was like, <laughs> started spraying him. <laughs> well, that's classic. Yeah. Cool. And so, what, what was your pathway from school? Because you didn't make um, New Zealand schools or anything like that, did you? So your pathway was a little bit yeah. more. No, nah, I just um, through the Crusaders Academy. In that for three years, it was just straight out of school. They sort of had a like a pre academy yeah. when we were at school, so there's a few of us going there. Like, Six in the morning, do a gym session, then come back. 
Make the boarding house and do all that stuff. So the grind, eh? The yeah, real grind. That sort of set us up a little bit. And then went into that after school, three years in that. That was a pretty good three years, eh? A bit tough at times, though, like balancing all my work stuff and mm. stuff because I'm not discrediting it, but there was people just studying and stuff like that. Yeah. And then there was a few of us that were um, tradies and doing doing all that, so we were just out on the tools all day. Yeah. Probably get up at about 5.30, roll onto the gym at 6, and yeah. then do the gym session, finish all that, then head over to work, do that, and then sometimes come back after trainings and you'd have like skills and all that sort of stuff so it was a pretty big day to massive eh? yeah. so were you doing that straight from school you got you started your building then was yeah, it yeah i started yeah. pretty much because i didn't come back for term four yeah because i didn't really have many exams to be honest <laughs> you were straight there for rugby wasn't really a freak in the class to be honest I'm not the smartest one in the class um so i left after term three pretty much and then it yeah, started my building apprenticeship, and then the academy started up in like November. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, for a couple, couple months, and then it was Christmas. So yeah. Were you thinking rugby is a pathway? You'd obviously seen your brother sort of go through it before you. So was that sort of your inspiration to try and follow that rugby pathway as well? Yeah, prob- probably would have been to be honest. And I'm, I've seen him play in Tasman a few times. I've watched all his games. Yeah, and how he came up. He just didn't really make all the, the teams and stuff like yeah. that. So, And then, yeah, but he was probably a big driving factor, him being in Tasman as well. It'd be awesome to get play with him as well. So it was that. And then, yeah, that was pretty much the driving factor. Yeah, and how did you find the building? You mentioned the long days, but did you did you enjoy the building? Yeah, the building was the building was fun. When you've when you got a good crew, it's all good. Like, yeah. It's pretty easy when you got a dick of a foreman. It's nice, <laughs> my foremans were good. They are all good. Yeah. Sometimes get a bit hard in the summertime because you'd just be on the tools all day. Sometimes you'd just have the shittest jobs, like digging pile holes for a deck and it's just so solid. Yeah. And then you come in and go to do weights and all that sort of stuff and you sort of, you've already, you're already burnt out because you're, <laughs> you're in the sun and it's about 25 degrees and you've yeah. been in the sun for nine hours. Yeah. And then you're going to come in and gym. Found that quite hard, but just pushed through it. Yeah. Did you find it hard to keep your weight on doing those big shifts in the sun like you're talking about? Yeah, I did because I've got a pretty fast metabolism to be yeah, honest. So could imagine I pretty much eat anything and it just goes off me. Yeah, but yeah, that was pretty hard because you only get a, like a ten o'clock smoke, and that's only like fifteen minutes. Yeah, and you get like half an hour lunch, and sometimes you wouldn't even have a last smoker because you mm. just the boss just wants you to work. Yeah, or you can just charge it on to the end of the day, yeah, finish earlier. Yeah, and then do all that. So sometimes I probably only get breakfast, my smoker, then lunch. True, and then. Got to shoot off to the gym, so I got. I don't really have much time after work, so yeah. I went straight to the gym. Yeah, so mate, no it was, wonder. It's probably wasn't the best meal prepper <laughs> to be honest. I just just yeah, starve. Yeah, sometimes I just go buy a pine. To be honest. <laughs> and so, um, how did you make your Tasman debut? So, a um, couple of years later. So yeah. Um, 2017 club season was pretty good. Enjoyed all that. That was good. I was in all the um, wider training stuff and yeah. all that stuff. And they said, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing for next year. And then 2018, I had a pretty good season. I, probably my best season, to be honest. Yeah. I was enjoying it and stuff like that. I, was, I think I was almost top try scorer, top point scorer. And then after that season, Rangi sort of got me in. It was sort of just a, a like a training one. Leon McDonald. Yeah. Yeah, it was a weekly training one, and then it was just like a just a learning experience, getting in there, learning off everyone, and all that. And then 
I think it was a game against Counties. It was probably second or third to last round. So that came, well, they told me on Sunday, so they prepared me for it. To be honest, I probably was nervous as hell. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably, I was actually anxious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd like butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty but, normal, yeah, though, I think. A bit better now, though. Way better now. Yeah. And then, yeah, come on. First ever provincial touch, kicked the ball out on the foot. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> was Davey playing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Landed on the line. And I was like, oh, <laughs> And he just spayed me. <laughs> shit. And then, yeah. But that was, that was all of a blur. Went pretty fast for me, to be honest. Yeah. Wouldn't say I wasn't ready, but I was probably a bit underprepared. Yeah. To be honest. Did you feel like mistakes like that really hammered you? Like, did you really get affected by an early mistake or something like that? Yeah, probably like that when it's in your first touch of mm. your debut game. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, sh- shit. Like, that's me. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never getting the game. That's what I thought. Yeah. It sort of hammered in my head. But yeah, now I'm just next job focus. Mm. But back then, probably, yeah. So you obviously did enough to get eventually get called up to the Blues, didn't you? So how did that all come about? Yeah, I got called up to the Blues. Um, I think they had a few injuries at 10. Yeah. So Perifeta was pretty much out for the season. I think he'd done his pick. And then they just had plums and oats. So Rangi gave me a call and asked me to go up go up there. I was, so I was up there for three months. And then, yeah, sort of found it quite hard up there, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Talk to me about this because I do know I have spoken to you a few times over yeah. a few brews about it, and it's always been an interesting yarn for me. So talk yeah. to me about like the whole experience going up there to the Blues because I know it was tough. Yeah, um, the play all the players are great, real good bunch of lads and stuff like that. I think it's just that as a replacement player, mm. like you're joining them in season, eh? Yeah. So everyone's already, yeah, everyone's connected already their bonds. Yeah. Sort of probably didn't put myself out there a bit more as I want to, yeah. stuff like that, but. Got there, sort of bounced around a bit. I was in an Airbnb for like four weeks. Yeah, by yourself? Yeah, by myself, just in the middle of town. True. Didn't have a car or anything. Oh, how did you get around? Uh, I actually got a ride from Jed Brown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he was living close by, but I was Ubering the trading for the first few times. Yeah. And then after that, got put in the Heritage Hotel. It was yeah. actually a pretty good hotel. <laughs> I was up there for two weeks, and then after that, they said, oh, you're just in... I didn't really say you're in for the season. It's like week by week, yeah. Because they didn't know when Stevie was going to come back. Yeah. And then I was I was just sort of unknown, and I didn't have a car or anything, mm. so I like, found it quite hard just to get around. Like, have that, how do I have to ask people to get around and be like, oh, can I get a ride? That sort of stuff. And yeah. Sort of just felt like a bit rude. Just oh, can yeah. you get me right here. This yeah. and that. So then, yeah, then I ended up getting put with um, Blake Gibson. Yeah. So I probably I was probably a shit flatmate to be honest. <laughs> Um, I just kept to myself probably, just stayed in my room, just kept to myself. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did. And what was it like, like in the training environment? Did you feel comfortable training with the boys? You hadn't played a huge amount at NPC level, but did you feel comfortable to be in that environment? Yeah, the training environment was good. I enjoyed it. I, I sort of knew a few boys out there from Tassie as yeah. well, so that was all good. The training environment was good. I enjoyed all that. That was good. It's probably just the, the outside of the stuff of it. Yeah. I enjoyed all the training, but then just after training, I was like, oh, shit, what do I do now? Yeah. Your changing room was? Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's like separate. Yeah. So they got the main changing room, and then the separate one, we're just the replacement players, and then the coaches are in. True. Oh, yeah. you're the coaches and the replacement players. Yeah. How many replacement players are there? Uh, sometimes there'd be like 
six of us in there. Yeah. But most of the time it'd just be me and I'd just be I'd just be <laughs> yarning to um Tana. <laughs> just be me and Tana in there. <laughs> and all the teams next door. Yeah. Sure, that's so quite weird. weird eh? I was just yeah. changing there and then yeah. But some days it was good because then they had about ten replacement players in when we had sort of our like GST sort oh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you feel excluded from the team or did you feel a part of it? Um probably a little bit excluded because of the the, the arrangements you're sitting in yeah. the, when you're getting changed and stuff because I know at the Crusaders they have all the injury guys they're sitting in the middle of the yeah. thing I don't know what it's like at other places mm. but yeah but no I felt included in the in the team stuff and all yeah. that sort of stuff I sort of got to know a few of the boys quite quite good um, TJ Fiani he's real good mm. he's a good lad um, I sort of just hung out with like Levi and stuff like that yeah. like, cause, just because I knew them yeah. yeah and who he hung out with yeah, probably could have put myself out there a bit more. If, yeah, we got another opportunity yeah. in a few few months. Eh, uh, yeah. going up to Moana, it's going to be a pretty similar experience, I'd imagine. Yeah, it'll it'll be good. I'll probably put myself out there a bit more, get to know the lads, and then because I'm probably into a bit of stuff now. Like I didn't play golf or anything back then. I yeah, just, I was sort of just playing my PlayStation and just like talking to my mates back home because that's how I just connect with them. Yeah, but now I've got got some hobbies, play golf. Not not the best golfer. <laughs> But yeah, golf and pokies, pokies, nah. <laughs> but that's Levi. Blame him. He got you addicted. <laughs> Not addicted. <laughs> Bit of fun. <laughs> and then, so following that, your time up there, what was the next steps? Because you sort of took a step away from rugby for a while. So why was that? And t- yeah, took me through that. I was sort of when I was in Auckland, I wasn't playing club rugby out there, so I was just flying back down and playing for Nelson and all that sort of stuff. So I probably played. Three or four games for Nelson. Yeah, when I was still with the club, and I don't know. Some days I'd just like I'd come back, and then like when I was get out on the field, I just ah, oh, I don't even want to play. Like, yeah, sort of mentally, I was just ah, oh, I wasn't enjoying it. Yeah, was that from the Blues or was that just in general? You think just had enough? Uh but maybe a little bit from the Blues and sort of just sort of had enough. Like yeah. I sort of lost the enjoyment when yeah. I was playing. Like, I was just playing because I had to now. Yeah. So that sort of stuff, and yeah, so I did that, and then I was like, "Oh, no, nah, I need to take a break." Like, I probably put too much pressure on myself, to be honest. Mm. That's, that's probably a big one, like pressure, just because my brother's done all that, all yeah. that sort of stuff. I thought, "Oh, I've got to get there this fast, that fast," mm. and then I was like, "Oh, nah, I just want to um, take some time away and finish off my building apprenticeship." Mm. So, one of my good mates, but my best mate, um. Got me a job with him. Started my building apprenticeship back up. I was already about two and a half years for it. Mm. Started back up in 2019. And then finished off my apprenticeship at the start of this year. And then thought I'd just give rugby a crack again, just enjoy it. So I got a change of scenery. I come back home, play for the local club here, which mm. is real, real good because all my mates from school play for them. And then, yeah, that was real. I enjoyed that a lot because I was actually – in 2020, I played a couple of bees games. Yeah, just to play with my good mates. That they sort of don't really play competitive rugby; they just play bees. Yeah, enjoy. I had a couple of games for that, and that was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. But then I was like, oh, kind of need a bit of a challenge. Mm. So then I um, because I, w- I was working in Blenheim at the time last year. Yeah, for a bit. So I was like, oh, rang the Kairangi coach. Oh, Brendan asked me if I wanted to play, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll be pretty keen, but I can't really can't make any trainings because mm. I'm working in Blenheim. He said, oh, that's all good, just show up on Saturdays and play. So I just did that for pretty much half the season in 2020 after the COVID. 
Mate, that's crazy. Yeah, so you here you are, you've gone through the ranks, you've played for Tasman, you've been training with the Blues and then you just you just pretty much you say you've had enough and um, go yeah. back to building. So when you'd done that, did you feel like you were always going to go back to rugby or were you not sure? Did you feel like you'd maybe had enough of it? Uh, I still wasn't sure. I just wanted to get yeah. my, my building apprenticeship done just yeah. so I had the qualification. And so if I ever wanted to travel and go build or play rugby, that was sort of it. Yeah. So I didn't want to be stuck after rugby, yeah, that sort of stuff, and then I just sort of wanted like the enjoyment factor of back in, yeah. back into it. That's why I had a couple of beach games with my mates, and that was real fun. I enjoyed that a lot. And then I was like, oh, I want a challenge, so then I seen Kaharangi mm-hmm. playing, and I said, like, oh, I'll just ask him for a few yeah. games, and then yeah. yeah, got a few games, and that was pretty fun. We actually made the semi that year, and it was all good, but then lost. You killed it. But I was actually I started to get real skinny. Yeah, because I just wasn't doing any physical like gym work or anything. So that year I was playing, I was looking like a rat. <laughs> I got back down to probably like seventy five, seventy four kilos. I probably lost like ten kilos. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I started. I started getting a bit because I probably wasn't eating the best while I was up booze. I got a little bit tubby. Yeah. I got to like eighty five. Yeah. It wasn't like it was a little sort of muscle, but sort of getting a, like a belly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Shit. And then I just. Lost all my weight. I don't know how. I probably just working and wasn't eating yeah. stuff all and wasn't going to the gym. Yeah. And then started started this year, I started going back to the gym out at Walker. I just use it for free because mm-hmm. I said it was sweet as. So went out there, just go in the mornings. A few of the other boys were there in the morning, so I just lift weights and then ended up getting my weight back up. So that was all good. I got it back up to like 84. Mm. So that was all good. I was like, oh, sweet, I'm back. That's You're back. Good. Yeah. Then just started training again with the Rangi. It's mean bloody good preseason, eh? Yeah. Brendan's a good coach. He sort of run, run us around a bit. It was pretty good. I love that. And then, yeah, preseason's mean. We had a good devil trip. Luca organised that. That was pretty hectic. Three solid days of drinking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go on. There's some stories there. I can see you holding back. <laughs> nah, we, um, my mate Vito picked me, picked me up from my house. We go to the Huya club rooms about seven o'clock in the morning. I'm like, so I've got Friday off work. So I was like, I was like, oh, right out. So I grabbed a few a few beds out of the fridge. I was like, right out. And then just start cracking to it, like seven, 7 o'clock. And then probably by the time we got the house in a few deep, and then we were just on the boat, just drinking up. And we stop at Okiwi Bay for a fish. And by the time we get to Devil, probably a few deep. And then the rest of the day was just a blur for me, to be honest. <laughs> it just went that quick. <laughs> We probably did more piss drinking than fishing, <laughs> to be honest. And so that was pretty fun. And then yeah, I probably I probably carked it at about ten, eleven. Yeah, yeah. And then back into it in the morning. <laughs> that was that was probably the best preseason thing I've ever been on. Shout out to Luca for that. No doubt, Luca the lad. One thing you one thing you spoke about before about your brother and sort of the pressure that him being successful sort of put on you. Do you Did you feel like that was external or did you feel like that was internal, just putting it on yourself or did you get uh, lots of comments from people always comparing you because I mean, I'm in a, I was obviously in a similar boat yeah. with my brother as well? Uh, probably a bit of both to be honest. Yeah. Like, I'd get the old, oh, oh you're going to be in the Marcos soon and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you'll be playing Super Rugby soon. Yeah. And I was like, ah. Oh. I was like, oh, yeah, sweet thanks. Like, I was like, ah. Oh. Don't really want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to be rude or anything. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I got I got that quite a bit. And like, oh, sometimes you get, oh, you're just there because your brother's in there and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, sort of just brush that by. But mm-hmm. then, yeah, probably 
started getting a bit to me mentally. And yeah. Then I was like, oh. and then yeah, probably mentally more. Yeah. Anything, I think that's probably why I stopped enjoying it. I was mm. like, oh, maybe I'm only playing just because I have to. Like, yeah. Sort of thing. So that's why I thought, like, oh, just give it a break and then refresh myself. Mm. And just get away from the rugby, rugby side of things and then just get into like, some hobbies like playing golf. Started playing golf. And just started hanging out with my mates back home, just enjoying life again, all that sort of stuff. True. So what, what was your mental health like up in um, Auckland, you know, when you were hiding away in the room? Did you feel like it was anything more than just wanting to be um, by yourself? Yeah, I probably got a little bit depressed up there, probably yeah. homesick more than anything. Yeah. yeah. I think a little bit of depression. Mm. That probably kicked in just because I was just by myself the whole time. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, just thought I had to be there just because, and then I was like, oh. Then I got a bit homesick because I had didn't have a car or anything. I couldn't, yeah, couldn't just do simple things like go to the grocery store. Yeah, like Auckland's a nice place, and like because I'm into my fishing and stuff. And if I had my Ute up there or had my time over again, I would have tried to get a car and like I don't know, go to the beach or something, do yeah. some fishing, or go up to Northland and try do some fishing off the rocks, or mm. just ask a few of the boys and like go diving and stuff like that. So yeah. So well, you're going to drive up to Moana this year? Yeah, taking my ute up. <laughs> It'll be a big drive. I'm supposed to be taking Jim up there. Oh, yeah. I don't think you can drive manually, so I'll be, <laughs> I'll be stuck the whole way. So I'll be taking all my – I'm going to take all my dive stuff, all oh, that yeah. sort of stuff, and try to get in the water. Oh, that's good. That's good that you've learned something from that experience. Yeah, and just probably having hobbies, I guess. Yeah. I didn't really have a hobby back then. Code. People Code and be, PlayStation. Yeah, pretty much. Code and PlayStation. Mm. That's probably what I was into, but – now I actually get out a bit and play a bit of golf and enjoy my fishing, getting outdoors mm. and just finished my dive ticket. I haven't actually been diving after that though. Probably need to get, on, get my gear, my dive gear. Mum's been on to me about that for ages. <laughs> I've just been in but they only had XL so then I haven't been. So. <laughs> do you think New Zealand rugby need to do anything about your sort of situation there? Because I know you're not the only one who's been into a team environment and had um, a pretty average setup. I remember Mike Coleman on his one. He was sleeping on the couch at yeah. a friend's house, training with the Hurricanes. So, mate, you're not the only one who's been given a pretty average setup. Um, yeah, probably just the injury replacement players. Like they, pro- they probably get treated a little bit different. Mm. Like when I was up there, they had that passing of um, Mikey T. Yeah, they that just happened. And his injury replacement part. I didn't know anything about it or anything. I don't know if, what, what the cause before that was for, but, yeah, like, just the way sort of injury replacement players might get treated a little bit, yeah. I guess. Like, you just get thrown in there and you're like, oh, you don't know what's happening next. It's sort of a week-by-week week thing. Yeah. But probably could have reached out, but didn't really know how to talk to anyone back then yeah. and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, but I reckon they could probably get onto it a bit more. Maybe, I don't know. Just check in every month of all the injury replacement players and just have like mm. a meeting with just the injury replacement players. Yeah. And just check in on them and stuff like that. It's crazy. Did you know Mikey was struggling? No. Nah, was that completely out of the blue? No, nah, that was completely out of the blue. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's because I sort of got up there after it. Yeah, and I didn't. I'd never really, I'd never met him or anything. Yeah. I just heard about it when I got up there. And I said, oh. So I sad, eh? So yeah. sad to hear those sort of stories. Um, so we've sort of spoken about how you've got back to Tasman. You obviously carved up the club season this year, probably the form club player in the Nelson Comp. You found your love for the game again, so how have you found it being back in the Tasman Marco jersey? Yeah, it's bloody fun, eh? I've 
enjoyed the season a lot. It's probably been the funnest year, I'd say. Yeah. Coming from the club season, like I just play with no worries and yeah. just enjoying it. And like when you're enjoying it, you just you just go with the flow pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like you just see what's funny and you just play it. But it's been real eye opener. Um, coming back into the setup like a professional environment, semi professional, and just learning all the stuff again. Like you come from club and you're like, oh yeah, I think you think you know heaps of stuff, and then you come back into there and like shit. We've got a long way to go again. <laughs> All that tiny yeah. detail, maybe yeah, that micro detail. The, yeah, it's the micro detail sort of stuff you got to look in. Like, yeah, Auntie's real good at it. He's bloody good, just like on the scrum moves and what he's looking for and all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, just the little things in it. So that's probably be a big learner for me. Probably getting better at like reviewing and previewing games. Yeah, way better than I was when I first came in. I probably would would have barely done any. I'll just play. <laughs> yeah, it was probably. But now I actually look at few of the things. Yeah, and look at what I've done wrong, and like, because the drones up there, and you, it doesn't miss anything. <laughs> catches yeah, everyone. Catches everyone out. But yeah, those little things. So they they keep you honest. Yeah, and the boys keep you honest at training, so it's good. I enjoy that. I'm not one of those guys that gets salty at someone who yeah. gives me a spark up. I'll yeah. take it on the chin and own it up. Own up to it. <laughs> You're used to them from Davey. Yeah. He used to be the ultimate. Yeah, mate. <laughs> He'll tell you when you shit. <laughs> Speaking of sprays, obviously we have some pretty intense trainings. GST training's always pretty intense. You got any um, good stories from your times in those? Um, probably a couple of times I just missed a few of the cues, like the pitches. You know, getting the huddles and Nanks just going going at me, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, shit, it's got to be on here. But I I enjoy that sort of stuff. It like keeps me honest. Yeah, like no, like, oh, yeah, that's a bloody work on. Yeah, and. I enjoy that, so that's good. Keep it up, Nank. Nankerville is not shy of a spray, is he? Shit, no. Loves it, but it's good for you. Make you a better rugby player. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And then probably on, I think it was the Auckland game, got pretty intense after the first block because boys were sort of running through a little bit and then they just huddled up into the second block and we were like, nah, stuff this. We're just going to chop some people. And we started getting in their faces and they started getting a bit flustered and it was quite good, actually. (laughs) And then it just started turning into tackle. Yeah. Then yeah, always does eh? Yeah. I kind of like it when it turns into tackle, mate. You're a chop tackle, was it? Anyway, mate. So what? What's your plans going forward? Like you've got Moana coming up, which is an exciting thing, and then is he with Tasman next year? Uh, no, nah, I've got Not no yet. provincial contract for next year or anything. So, yes, to just see how the Moana thing goes, and yeah. just keep in touch with my agent, and see what's around there. I'd yeah. love to stay in Tasman because it's home. Yeah, I really enjoy the place, but if there was an opportunity to go play ten somewhere else, I'd probably take it. To be honest, yeah, just just because I want a bit more experience and like having to run my own team stuff like that. Yeah, but I'd love to stay in Tasman. Probably no, no other problems. I'd rather be it, mate. They need to get on to you ASAP. By the <laughs> sounds of things, <laughs> let's do something. I'm, I'm still sticking around here. I like this place, mate. I love it. And I know there's whispers about you playing for Tonga early in the year against All Blacks. So what what happened there? Um. I didn't have really anything set in stone with Tasman. Like, I was still like on the fringe of it. Yeah. Not not really on like a week by week training contract or nothing. So, I didn't really want to go and leave and then come back to nothing sort of thing. I didn't thought I'd just stick around here, do all the pre season games with Tasman, and then just see what I got and see what my performance was put out there. And yeah. The gamble paid off, and then got. Just got a, I got a six week just weekly training contract, and then because I must must have did something right in the Canterbury and twenties game, and then yeah. got that, and 
then yeah, so but then they were playing, they sort of, and they wanted me to come on the end of year tour, and then I was sort of umming and ahhing because Tasman season was still going, mm. and just with the COVID stuff, I wasn't sure about like the spots, yeah, the MIQ yeah. stuff, and didn't want to really get stuck over there, all that sort of mm. stuff. Like I didn't really want to take the risk, but could still be an option for next year now that with Moana, so yeah. I think they've got another World Cup qualifier game because they're still not qualified for the World Cup yet. But yeah, so I'd be I'm open to to going there, mate. That'd be cool, yeah. eh? Be good just to get there and learn a bit of my dad's dad's side of heritage. Yeah, I'd probably have to learn to speak Tongan first. <laughs> I'm, I'm a plastic. <laughs> what do you think about the rule of um, letting? Ex All Blacks or other nations be able to play for tier two nations like Tonga. Yeah, I reckon should be hundred percent. Yeah, it should be should just be allowed. if you got two passports. Yeah, two passports. You should just be allowed to go. I mean, you can't just keep chopping and changing. Yeah, I guess you got to sort of stick. But like, if you've only played like a handful of tests and you're gone overseas or whatnot, I don't think you should really be have a stand down mm. like. You're overseas, you're not playing in New Zealand because you have to be playing in New Zealand to make the All Blacks firstly anyway, so you're sort of stuck. Mm. If, you, if you go overseas and you've played for the All Blacks, you're like, oh, well, now I've got to wait a stand-down period. I reckon they should just let them play and then probably give the nations like Tonga, Samoa, even Fiji, like a bit more shot like they do in league. Mate, 100%, the teams would be yeah. strong as. Yeah. Teams would have like pair towels and yeah. etc. playing for them. It would definitely... Um, Lift the level of those Pacific Island sides. Yeah, like you see in the league, Tonga being Australia. Yeah. Like that's just through the roof there. Yeah. It'd be real good for just the Pacific Island nations. Mm. And you've you've already spoken about your building, so your life after rugby sorted. It's obviously a common question for a lot of guys yeah. um, who are playing footy, what they're going to do afterwards. But it must be pretty cool um, to know what you're going to do after footy and have that all sorted already. Yeah, it's good. Now, I've, I've got no worries. Like, Yeah. Like, don't have I don't have two things on my mind. I can just focus on one thing. So that was sort of reasoning behind finishing it all. If I get injured or creating injury or anything, touch what I don't. Yeah, like I can just go back to building qualified. So it's always going to be there. They need builders and all that sort of stuff. So it's sorted. Easy. Yeah, sorted. I see. Hopefully, my mates finish his apprenticeship when he starts a business when I come back <laughs> gives me top dollar <laughs> no pressure anyway mate as always we've gone to Instagram for some questions and oh your mocker have come up pretty heavy with a lot of questions in this one so um, first question how important was finishing your building apprenticeship yeah pretty important eh like if you can do it while you're balancing rugby that's even better yeah. it's, just, it's just harder if you make a like Professional environments because you sort of have to put it all on hold. Yeah, but pretty good. I'd say if you're not good at school or you're just not passionate about school and like you're not really into sports and get into building quick and you can do it real fast and earn some good money. Yeah, like if you're like a 16, 17 year old and you're sort of not really like into school. Yeah, and like just just there because you have to be there. Yeah, but you can sort of get out there and go get a labouring job or something. You pick up heaps of stuff and then. What, by the time you're 19, 20, if you qualify, you're earning all good money. Like, mm. So it's probably pretty important for when I finish rugby. Great advice yeah. for young kids who are struggling and no good at footy. Yep. Okay, next question. Ask him about the pub crawl in Blenheim and the after party. Oh. This one must be good. Yeah, um, me and Groovy, Groovy's in a lot of these stories, <laughs> went over to Blenheim about, no, about 10 in the morning. Sort of had a big one on Friday. <laughs> So we woke up, 
but uh, so you stopped BK because the pub crew had been organised for about four months. Yeah. So I got a bit of go over. And then got over to Blenheim at about 12. We all brought bikes on the dump. So it was just like a pub yeah, crew yeah, around yeah. Blenheim. Went all the pubs around Blenheim. Did all that. And then after that, there was a little party on. And then the chick, the chick that was hosting the party had boxing gloves there. And then um, all the boys decided to be heroes and put on the boxing gloves and think they're bloody Mike Tyson. <laughs> and then we all started boxing each other. And then there's a couple of goodies in there. Shout out to Boise. He pretty much got knocked out. <laughs> and, yeah, I was up against my mate. He's just done a dirty act. I've turned my back and he's tried to cheap shot me. <laughs> And then we then we said, all right, we'll go again. And then we both we both hooked each other at the same time and pretty much gave yourself freaking blood mouth. And we, were, oh, we called it quits. Then went back inside and started drinking. I couldn't even. I just lost track of time because my phone died. Yeah. And then I don't know I must have got that drunk. I pissed in a wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, without knowing, consciously knowing, or yeah. you knew. Nah, I like. <laughs> Was there, but I wasn't there. So I was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, that was probably not a good one." And then I ended up getting put into bed with one of the other mates. Yeah. And then I've just woken up at a random hour, and then I'm like, "Oh, where's everyone gone? Is the party finished?" And everyone's about to go to bed. I was like, oh, "Shit!" So I probably missed like four hours of the party, and I've woken up when everyone's gone. I've done some stupid shit. <laughs> but you're always asleep. <laughs> oh, and that one sort of goes on to this one. This one came from your good mate Groovy. Ask him about pissing the bed twice in one night. <laughs> you sound like a serial pisser. <laughs> nah, I'm not. I've only done it. That was the only time I've done it. That was the one and only time I've done it. It was after lockdown. Yeah. And um, one of my mates had a. It wasn't a big party. It was a little party. And then went over there. Had a few boxes. What were we drinking? Those Smirnoff vodkas. Those, oh, yeah. Those Guana ones, like seven percenters. Oh. Um, we ended up just having too much to drink. We're probably there to started about three, and then I was feeling fine. I was all good. I was sitting on the couch next to my mate. I was taking videos of my other mate because he was smashed, and then yeah. all of a sudden I just blacked out. And Groovy's Groovy's carrying me to the room. Him and my other mate, like, arms, leg, I'm just dead weight. <laughs> and then Groovy thought I was hot yeah. just because I was, like, trying to pull my clothes off. He's like, oh, he's hot, he's hot. So he, like, takes off my clothes. And he's, like, trying to take off my pants. And I pull my pants and I'm pissed in my mate's room. <laughs> <laughs> just on the floor. <laughs> and then I've woken up at, like, 7.30 in the morning. I don't have my jockeys on. I've got my mate's jockeys on. It's, like, the spare room. And I, I pissed my pants and these t- my two other mates are next to me. And he's like, I'll just piss the bed while they're in there. <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate, that's loose. You guys love the pass. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That was after lockdown. It'd been a long time away from the lads. That was when I wasn't playing rugby. I was just enjoying myself. Yeah, mate. Were you what? Pissing the bed. Yeah. Loving life. It's good stuff. Okay. Next one. Favorite player to play with? Well, if I played with my brother once, I'd. He'd be up there. I'd want to get get a few more games with him. Yeah, hopefully, so that it eventuates. Um, love playing with Leicester. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. Also love watching Jim play. Mm. That man's just got no fear. He just runs straight at anyone. Yeah. Um, Hunty's good to play with. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've only pretty much played with the Tassie boys. <laughs> You've just named the Tassie yeah, backline. Love it. Pretty much. <laughs> what a sight. Here's, here's a good one. Um, ask him about the time he went fishing and forgot to put the bungs in the boat. Yeah, that was funny. Um, my granddad's got this little fiberglass boat. Yeah. And um, we've, I just used to take it out just for a bit of fun with my mates. And I was with my two mates. And then, anyway, I towed And I reversed it. Drop them in the water and I'm driving up the boat ramp and I was like, oh shit, hang on. I didn't put the bungs in. I put my head out the window and I was like, well, you boys um, put the bungs in? And they're like, nah. And my mate's in the, <laughs> in the, um, on the ground holding the, holding his finger in it. There's water going in the hull and I was like, sweet. I'll reverse back in and <laughs> and um pick it up and so put it back on the trailer and all this water just coming out of the hull. It's just someone just sitting there like, fuck. <laughs> we look like idiots. And then, yeah, so don't assume your mates have put the bungs in. Just do it yourself. Oh, another good lesson. You're full of it. Okay, two more questions. Any advice for a skinny rugby player? Some inspiration from one, of the, from one of the skinny goats. Um, no, nah, you don't. I guess you don't. It's not all about the size. You yeah. Know? I'm not the fastest either. It's just about how you think about approaching the game and just having a bit of ticker, I guess. Mm. Like. Yeah, you're not going to be able to get dominant tackles on the biggest players, but you can still just take their legs out and they're not going to run. Yeah. So I'd just say, just have a bit of ticker and no fear, probably, as as um, Shana would say, ciao. Yeah. Just get stuck in. Can you coach that, you reckon, or do uh, you think you need to have a bit of that? I'll probably start at a young age. If yeah. you get thrown around quite a bit when you're young <laughs> and like you've got an older brother that you just play rugby with the whole time, I guess yeah. you're just built into it. Yeah. I don't know, you could, you could coach it, but... Just depends how you want to approach like the contact situation. Mm, mm. Mindset, eh? Yeah, it's pretty much mindset. Like, I don't really care. I just go on with reckless abandonment. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that rucks. If there's a big guy, I'm just like, all right, I'll just throw my whole weight into it. And if I don't clean him out, you've tried everything. You've... Yeah, I've done everything. Yeah, mate, love that. Okay, last one. Best piece of advice you have to share? I don't know. I guess if you're struggling with like mental health, like. Just speak up, I guess. That's probably what I'd learned. Yeah. Like, I went to a few counselling sessions. Like, yeah. The lady said I was just normal, like a normal teenager, just, but, you know, it, it can creep in, so, like, you don't have to be ashamed, like, I'm not ashamed, like, someone asked me, I'd just tell them, but, yeah, I guess I'm just speaking up. Yeah. You know, now, these days, all that sort of stuff, like, if you are just, I don't know, because you might, you might seem happy on the outside, but mm. on the inside, no one knows, so. Probably just speaking up. If you're a young man, hundred percent. We need to change that, eh? Because yeah. obviously, it's still it is the number one killer for New Zealand yeah. males and that under twenty five or whatever age it was. And you're right; like some guys are just so ashamed to be yeah. able to talk about that. But what was it like going to the counselling? And like, what was what was your experience like? Yeah, it was all good. I went for just a month, like four sessions. Yeah, they just they just sort of start you with like your upbringing and all that sort of stuff, and like how you've been, like what. If you've had any troubles of like traumas and stuff like that, yeah. So I was pretty normal, and I guess it was probably just pressure, putting mm. too much pressure on myself, like all that sort of stuff. That's probably what it eventuated to, like all the pressure, and then probably you know, just losing fun of fun of stuff, yeah. And just probably just trying to find hobbies just to keep yeah away from rugby, yeah. That was probably my main one. But yeah. Was it hard to build up the courage to go to it, or did you always feel like it was never an issue? I know a lot of guys uh, feel like it's a big issue to go to see someone like that, but what was it like for you? Yeah, it was a little, 
I sort of kept it in the dark for a bit and retaliated. I told yeah. my, like, my close mates to yeah. talk to them. They're all, they're all fine about it. They're yeah. like, oh. So I was like, oh, shit, something's actually wrong. Yeah. yeah. And then talked to them. But it was, I sort of, it was sort of set up like with like NZR and like Tasman. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. But I sort of just talked to my good mate about it and he said, oh, no, that's all good as long as you're you're happy and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah. I think that's really important, eh? Because I don't even think something has to be wrong necessarily yeah, yeah, for like, guys to yeah. be comfortable to go and speak yeah. to someone like that who might just help them or might think make them think about yeah. something a little bit differently. Yeah, so. I guess probably nowadays, like people think, oh, they just don't want to be ashamed to talk to another guy about it. Or, yeah, nothing shameful about it. Like, yeah, it is what it is. It's part of life now. Like, you might talk to someone and he might be feeling the same thing as you. Like, he's like, oh, I'm on the same page. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. Well, when you're vulnerable, you open up yeah. that vulnerable space and then people become vulnerable with you. So, yeah. mate, and when big superstars like yourself come on here and speak about that and being vulnerable yourself is only going to do massive things yeah. for um, other young Kiwis out there listening to this podcast, hopefully. So, mate, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Like I said at the start, mate, you're one of the most underrated players in the country. Really looking forward to seeing you play not only the rest of the season with Tasman, but. Um, when you get your crack with Moana Pacifica and potentially Tonga down the road. So, mate, really looking forward to following your journey. And, mate, you're an absolute lad. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me, Jimmy Martin. Pleasure. Mate, you're a legend. Cheers, mate. Cheers. What a lad, what a lad, what a lad.